Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Linda Jenkins, and I'm coming to you this morning. It's still morning for a little bit, and it's Saturday. And I just have something the Lord has laid on my heart. Many years ago, he told me, when you speak, I want you to speak on my identity. Because people don't realize who they are in me. So this morning, the message I've chosen is identity crisis. That may sound strange to some, but uh, meaning we don't know our identity. We've been born again, bought back by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he said, I came to destroy the works of Satan and to give my father many sons. Well, If we're God's sons, well, what are we doing that imitates our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? For he came and said, I came not to do my will, but my Father's will. And then he asked the question, what will you do? So I'm talking today about the identity crisis that we seem to be in. So in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And in 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with open face behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. And I want to read that in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, in the living word translation where there will be no misunderstanding to what the father is saying in second corinthians 4 3 and 4 we will read if the good news we preach is hidden to anyone it is hidden from the one who is on the road to eternal death satan who is the god of this evil world has made him blind unless to see the glorious light of the gospel that shineth upon him or to understand the amazing message we preach about the glory of christ who is god now that is really so simple and well understood. And in Second Corinthians three eighteen, we will read in the Living uh, Living Word Bible what Second Corinthians three eighteen says. So we will search it out. And in three eighteen, it says, "But we Christians have no veil over our face." We can be mirrored that brightly reflects the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. Moving along, we will see here that one looks in a glass or a mirror 
Why? He is looking in the mirror, but he sees what he looks like or who he is. And as he does, he's aware of his present state and conforms the image of to the image of Christ. You see, you don't know something is wrong until you look in the mirror. Meaning, till we look in the Word of God and see who Christ is, then we know what image we too should be appearing like because we're supposed to be imitating our Lord Jesus Christ. There is he who is blind because he doesn't look in the mirror or so he therefore is blind to the promise of sin and unrighteousness, the problem of sin and unrighteousness. There are some today that need to look into the mirror of Jesus Christ, the Word of God, made flesh. I'm talking about the gospel. When I look into the gospel is when I hear the preachers preach. It was the gospel that said, you're unrighteous and unholy. You're lost and undone. You are a liar, a thief, a murderer, an adulteress, and so on. When I look into the gospel and I saw who I was, then I accepted who I was. I saw who he was, and when I accepted him, I could see who I am as a child of God, a son of promise. I didn't have to hide anymore, but now I could look into the mirror. I'm not ashamed anymore. Praise be to the name of the Lord. I heard a radio program the other day, and the topic was a homosexual minister. A woman calling, called in and introduced herself as a gay minister and went on to say that she was talking to ministers and um, psychiatrists and so on and all gave her the assurance that she was gay and that was okay. The talk show host said something that made a lot of sense. She asked this woman, what was her authority in this matter? You see, anything was her, her authority, but the most important person ever, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the mirror. From the time that the first man and woman broke fellowship with God, that first time mankind had been in an identity crisis, the ear of man was deceived by the words of Satan. He convinced them to believe what he was like us to all believe. You don't need God. You are better than God. God don't want you. But in results, it's always you don't need God. But it was when I looked into his eyes, the mirror and the gospel, that I found who I was. I found love, joy, peace, and so on. Satan says you can't. There's no hope. Jesus Christ says all things are possible for them that believe. Moses said, who am I? Gideon said, I am just the least of my people, but God said he was a man of valor. Church, it is just a minute, but God said, you are a chosen people, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and so on. I will make you a fisherman of man. Jesus found Peter fishing for fish, but also he believed he was a fishing fishing for a little success and purpose and happiness and peace and so on. Some of us have been fishing for a long time in this world for something we are not sure about. So let me tell you like Jesus told Peter. Follow Jesus Christ and allow him to make you fishermen of men. Something with purpose, something with a point to it. Find true contentment in Christ and not in the biggest and the braggest elements in this world. Another time Jesus asked Peter the question, of course he asked all the disciples this question, who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, Peter spoke up and said. You see, when you acknowledge him, he will acknowledge you. We see who he is. It is then that we find who we are. He said upon the rock, I will build my church. Not upon Peter, not upon an actual rock, but upon the statement of Christ is the son of the living God. He said, I will build my church upon that rock, that statement, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. People, I am talking about the churches we know today, that if God has founded that church and called that church into existence and called that pastor to be the pastor of that church, there's no devil in hell or no demon of any kind that can destroy it because God said it and what he says that does it because he performs his word. It doesn't sound all that great that we acknowledge Peter but it was important because it was after the Lord had been crucified and Peter had fallen Smack on his face. Now he was out fishing again in the world again like a lot do that feel like they've committed the unpardonable sin. They go back to where they were before Christ came in their life. And he was out fishing. I could just hear it now from the devil. Peter, you blew it. And you are a failure, a loser. You better just stick with me, Peter. You are mine. I can imagine then that Peter probably heard these words of Christ again. Thou art Peter. Then that is when he must have looked to the banks and saw the Lord standing there. The Lord said, cast your nets on the other side. Then Peter started winning again. I've often wondered what would have happened if Peter had of cast out both nets instead of the one net. But that's neither here nor there. That's just something I always wondered. Copper is a wire that can be used for lots of different purposes. You can use it for a clothesline. You can bend it. You can manipulate it around your gate to keep the cows from getting out or whatever. But 
it has much more potential than that. Inside of the copper wire is a protons and electrons, and when that wire is connected to a power source, all these protons and electrons will get a formation that creates what is called electric current. Before that piece of wire was bent and manipulated and twisted into all kinds of things, but now, friend, you better have respect for that thing because when it is connected to the power source, it has full potential, and if you touch it, it will knock you on your seat. That is just like you and I. Because we were bent, twisted, and manipulated by the deceit of the devil. But now, when we got connected to the power source, we are going to the rock, the devil's world. If he tries to twist us around now, he is gone. Cloven tongues, the day of Pentecost, the fire fell on the heads. And and you talk about getting hooked up. They did. Signs and wonders when they got hooked up to the source. They began to make a difference in the world. When they got hooked up, we we need to get hooked up and get electrified in the Holy Ghost. Where's a short circuit? When an electrical circuit has an electrical charge, it must be hooked up to a load, a light bulb, a motor, or something that will cause the current to be pushed and recreate circuit over and over again. Or it will short circuit and eventually get so hot it will burn up and consume itself. (coughs) Excuse me. Some of us are feeling burnt out with the routine, and we need to get hooked up to the load. I'm talking about working for the kingdom rather than sitting on our bottoms. You're going to get burnt out if you are not continually connected to something other than yourself. I'll tell you that this is what the Father is talking about. Our identity in Christ is, I am courageous, I am unstoppable, I am victorious, I am loved, I am blessed, I am gifted, I am anointed, I am successful, I am healed, I am the healthy and I am beautiful, I am whole. I am confident, I am forgiven, I am grateful, I am gracious, and I am strong, and I am favored, and I am able, and I am powerful. I am fruitful, and I am. I thank you, friends, for taking the time to listen to this that's been on my heart, and I pray that you have a wonderful day. Make it a God kind of day. Do all that you can do and all that he's called you to do. For this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll sign off for now and talk to you soon. Bye-bye and God bless you.